Welcome to the Town and Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Thank you so much for joining us today on this very cold and snowy day here in Iowa. I am your host, Jonathan Illion, and once again, we have with us Pastor Kevin Richter, who is pastor at St. John Lutheran in Rhinebeck, Iowa, and Dr. Gerald Kapanka, who is pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Cedar Falls. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good. Good afternoon, John. All right. Good to be here. Very good. So if you listened to last week's installment of the Town & Country podcast, you know that for a total of six weeks, each of you will be preaching sermons on the same chapter of Ephesians. However, the path that you take when preaching might differ from one another, so the sermons might be similar, Well, they might be completely different. So today we're going to go back and compare notes, so to speak, on your sermons from yesterday, which was on Ephesians 2. So last week we started with Pastor Kapanka. So this week we're going to start with Pastor Kevin. So you're up first. So uh, what was the main point or focus of of your preaching on Ephesians 2? Uh, This week I was doing God's plan of salvation is for the dead and the foreigner. And so... I was really focused on who God's plan of salvation is for. And, of course, in verse 1, you get, you were dead in your trespasses. So who is this for? It's for the dead. The alive don't need to be saved, but the dead do because the dead can't save themselves. And then the second half of the chapter is, you know, you Gentiles, you, you foreigners. And I went back to Old School Testament about the sojourner and how God had always encouraged the Israelites to include, to welcome, to show the sojourner who God is and how they can be saved, and I love St. Paul just lays it right out through the blood of Christ, and both us and them are all brought in and being built into the temple of God. So the good news is all of us in our congregation in Rhinebeck fall into both those categories. We were dead in our trespasses, as is all mankind, and we are Gentiles, foreigners, apart from God's promises, but through Christ we are alive, through Christ we've been brought in, so the plan of salvation is for us. Okay, so uh, Pastor Kapanka, seeing as though you are the um, the elder statesman here, so to speak, uh, he got it all wrong again, didn't he? <laughs> well, no, I think he did a fantastic job as far as he took it, but he could have gone one step further. <laughs> oh, all right, teach me. Uh, no, no, I I would uh, I would commend on those things. I just added one more uh, element to that. I took it one step further. Uh, I just kind of took the idea of the before and after. Uh, you were dead, and now you're alive. Um, I added to it that Ephesians 8 and 9, you once were saved, you thought you were saved by works, now by grace. Uh, then uh, I took that uh, wonderful passage beginning in verses 11 through 14, you were far off and now you are brought near, and then concluded you are the aliens and now you are part of the one. So combining what you did and just adding those two other elements, kind of the before, who we were before, dead in our trespasses, uh, thought we were saved by works, uh, far off, distant from God, and now we are brought near uh, through the blood of Christ. So the same thing, but just kind of a little different tint on it. Uh, and so I think uh, we, we just picked up different elements of the same message, uh, God's plan of salvation. Yeah, I figured verses 8 and 9, every Lutheran already knows I wasn't going to touch that. I'm going to stay focused on the other parts, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, and so now let me ask you this. So Pastor Kapanka, 
Um, verse 10, you have your Bible open there. Uh, if you take Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10, what could you read that for me? Yeah, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, so when we're talking about good works, uh, especially when it comes to the Lutheran theology, it can we can sometimes get tied up in that, that we, you know, how, how do you differentiate? How do you get it so that people understand the method and, and the reason for good works? I'd like to move on to another chapter, because that's a conversation I don't <laughs> want to have right now. <laughs> uh, no, um, actually, there's a little bit of a truth to that, uh, that silliness. Um, here in chapter 2, the emphasis is on first being saved, uh, the, the element of the gospel. And we see that in verses 8 and 9. You are saved by grace through faith. It is none of yourself. It's none of your works. It, it's totally what God has done. It's, it's that dead being made alive. It's the far off being brought near. Um, and then he, he tags on um, that you are his uh, workmanship created for good works. Um, but he really is going to develop that in chapters four, five, and six, and so uh, he kind of kind of gives a, a precursor of what's going to come in later chapters, um, so we didn't really dive into that in this uh, installment of the Ephesians uh, sermon series, um, because it really, good works follows what happens after our salvation, um, and we get in trouble as soon as we try to blend or, or get those out of, out of order. You put the, the cart before the horse, and you always get mixed up, um, and so... Um, Salvation comes first. We are saved by grace through faith. And then as God saved, redeemed people, then the good works flow from that. Yeah, I would say, you know, this is this is the 1 through 10 is all one section. You know, this is yeah. one thought, really kind of probably one sentence from Paul because he loves to do that. You know, you were dead, and he ends with good works that you prepared for you to walk in. And so... Dead people, this is the emphasis, and one of the things I really stressed on is dead people can't save themselves because yeah. dead people can't make decisions. Dead people can't do good works. Dead people can't keep the law. Dead can do nothing. You're dead. So it's up to God to make us alive. But what has he made us alive for? To live the life he's created for us to do. And so those good works are just simply part of that new life he has given us. I mean, we we bring our children into this world and want to give them the life. That doesn't mean we want, expect them to be our slaves and serve us and do all these things for us, but we have a life for them. We want them to live and do those things that are just part of living life. And so good works that he'll get to in the holiness of living and those things in 4, 5, 6 are just part of the life God has given to us because he has made us alive to live those works because we on our own were dead. Exactly, yep. just being who you are. Correct. It's that, that whole nature of who you are. But I think that Paul does uh, this systematic reality of first laying out the proper order, that, that you are saved first, mm -hmm. and, and that's what he, the emphasis is, as, as he says in, in verse 5, you're saved by grace, and then again in, in, in verse 8, you're saved by grace. That's his, his uh, main point that he's striking home here. And then after he's struck that home in the first three chapters, then in chapters four, five, and six, he says, now as a saved believer, this is what it looks like in your life. I kind of, I was thinking about this analogy the other day because I was doing some stuff with the law. You know, we're, we're free from the law, but we still live under the will of God's law for us. You know, we still live the life he wants for us. And I was thinking about the Holocaust, you know, that we come in and we 
free the Jews and all the others who were in there from the oppression of the Germans and from these horrible conditions of the Holocaust. And we release them back into society. But now in society, they're still under the national laws. They're still a citizen of a you know civilization where they're expected to live this way, not because that's what they set them free to do, but just simply because this is now where you live. And so if you know, Jesus sets us free from the law of sin, from the, the curse of sin, the death camp that we were in, and now we are free to live in God. We're still in his civilization. We are citizens of his kingdom and live in that, in that civilization as he meant us to live, you know. So it's being set free to be part of his community. And that's why I love, you know, citizens, that, that word, because I think yeah. sometimes we, we always want to go to family. We always want to go to child, which again is a perfect scenario. It's a beautiful uh, illustration and it does work and it's what God tells us, but that citizenship kind of adds that extra layer to it too. Yeah. And he picks it up so wonderfully in, in uh, verse 19. So you're no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Yeah. You know, he just kind of pulls that right in and says exactly what you're saying there. Or I should say, you're saying what he says. Yeah. Well, and that way we can even look to the saints and some of their good works and say, that's not what got them to be saints. They already were saints, but we can look to their good works and say, that was a good life they lived because Christ had saved them, prepared those works for them to do, and they did it, you know, and give them that theory too. So, yeah. and, and I think it's so important for us to continue to hear this over and over again, as, as I kind of mentioned in the sermon yesterday, is even though we know intellectually and that we teach it and preach it and it's in our confirmation classes, it's in our catechism classes, that we are saved by grace through faith, yet recent surveys tell us Christians and even Lutheran Christians still when asked the question, why do you get to heaven? At a 50% margin, we'll say it's based on something I did mm -hmm. or something I didn't do. I didn't commit terrible crimes. I didn't do bad things. I did these things. I, I grew up in the church. I, I went to church. I, I was baptized, and therefore I should go to heaven. And so we have to continue to emphasize that the grace and the forgiveness and the free gift, and it's only then, once we have that, then can we talk about what it means to live in that state. Well, and I talked specifically about that yesterday of, you know, why is it so important for us to com confess our sins? Why is it so important for us to acknowledge we were dead in our sins and trespasses if we're alive? You know, if I have new life, why would I keep pointing back to the fact that I once was dead? Because if I just look at my life, sooner or later, I'm going to come to the conclusion, well, I was a pretty good person. You know, I deserve this life or, you know, I, I didn't deserve that. Debt. And so that confession of sins just really drives home, apart from Christ, I am dead. I have no hope, you know, and I love that uh, the Gentile, apart from God, not being part of his kingdom, you have no hope of the promises, you know, because that's who you are. But in Christ, in that grace, in that free gift we do not deserve is where we find the life that we live, the, the salvation, the glory, the, the hope of the eternal promises. And, and that just goes back to our, that very nature, because we are by nature children of the law. Yeah. We love to... to uh, work our out our own salvation, and we need to continually be hearing that law over and over again. Because those of us who've grown up in the church have been in the church all of our lives. In my case, more than a few decades. You, it's just been a couple of months because <laughs> you're a baby <laughs> compared to me. Um, we continue to try to compare ourselves to others who haven't lived up to a standard that we have set. Right. Um, and so we think, well, I'm not that bad. Well, you know, I'm even, not terrible. Even the other way. We will look at non-Christians who we know are not believers and say, they're not a bad person. 
Exactly. They, they do good works. They love their family. They serve their community. You're going to tell me that person's going to hell just because they're not in Christ? And we have to come to Ephesians. They are dead in their sins and trespasses, apart from Christ, apart from faith. There is no grace. There is no hope. You know, And that's a hard line to draw, but it's the truth. And St. Paul lays it out so beautifully for us. Absolutely. He does that wonderfully. And that's exactly what he says. And, and again, we referenced it last week, but it comes back to it again, that, that Romans 6 passage, you know, where our baptism says that we die with Christ in that baptism, that we have to die to that old self that says there's something that we participate, something that we do. Um, and that's just that beautiful reality. And only when we have that can we recognize the, the true glorious gift, that treasure that is grace. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate the fact that you guys came out in this cold and blustery morning to be here for this podcast. And so I appreciate you being here. Special thanks to our audio engineer. Again, Dave Kaler has brought us through this and, and, and put it all together. So on behalf of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kapanka, I'm your host, Jonathan Illion, and we invite you to come back again next week as we bring you the third installment of the Town and Country podcast. Thanks again and have a great week, folks. Mm-hmm.